People shouldn't be talking about their exes on dates. If people are doing that, I call it dating suicide <laughs> because it's like, you don't want to talk about your ex. Why do you want to hear about their ex? And then they don't want to hear about your ex. So usually if people talk about an ex to me, they're not available. It means that they're freshly out of a relationship. They're still, they're still healing and they care enough about them to bring them up. That to me is a red flag. And I would kind of back away and say, thank you so much for this date. I don't think it's going to work. This is episode number 508 with Marlise Testa, The Pitfalls of Modern Dating. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you would like support on your journey to lasting love, I wrote a book called how uh, becoming a woman of value, how to thrive in life and love. I almost forgot the title of my book. <laughs> and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the cover here. It's filled with 30 chapters. Uh, they all have a tip, a story, an exercise to help you develop the core confidence to show up, stand up and speak up on your journey to a loving life and adding more full, full value to your life. And you can find it now on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. I'm also writing my second book, which will be released sometime this year, and it's called Choice Points in Dating, so look for that when it comes out. Every week, we bring you a tip from the book. This week's tip is step number nine, love is your birthright. This was a shocking concept to me when I first heard it, that we all are deserving of love, that we all are born love as love with love even if that hasn't been your experience it is your birthright and every single person on this planet deserves to love and be loved so if you have a limiting belief that says it's not for me it's not in the cards i challenge you this week to shift that and really tell yourself it is for me. It is for me. And look for the ways you already have love in your life, because we often have love in many ways that we don't even realize. Before I bring Marlise on, I just want to give a shout out to my Facebook group. This is a, a really beautiful group for women over 40 who are looking for lasting love. It's not a place to come and complain and whine and vent. There are plenty of groups for that. This is a group that is actually structured to help you grow on your journey to lasting love. And it's called Your Last First Date. So join us at Your Last First Date. And now for my guest, Marlise Testa. She has been a psychotherapist in Boca Raton, Florida for over 20 years. She is trained in trauma and also in nutritional and integrative medicine. And she is a mental health professional, a qualified clinical supervisor who enjoys helping people heal from their past to find the healthy, happy love they deserve. She has a book coming out this year, which is already in pre-order. It's called Stow Your Luggage When Dating. And in that book, she shares a unique set of tools for successful dating without bringing all your old stuff along with you. And we're going to be talking about that today. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Why did you write this book, Marlise? The reason I wrote this book is because not only have I been in the field for 20 years, but I've also have, you know, friends and family and myself. Dating is always a conversation. Everyone's either, especially with this day and age, people are getting divorced so much that everyone's back out dating. So I have a technique that I guess that I use in my therapy sessions for people who are dating and I help them and they usually find their 
healthy relationship person, which is great. And um, I guess people always ask me, why don't you help more people? Why don't you put this in a book? Why don't you get this out there? You could be helping so many more people. And, you know, I always think about it, but I always hear it. I always thought about it and I always hear it. So eventually what I did is I wrote the book. <laughs> Finally got it on paper. <laughs> so now I could send it to everybody and help everybody. I love it. So. Um, yeah, it can only help a limited amount of people in person. And writing a book definitely helps you help more people and people who also don't go to therapy and don't don't have access to coaching or therapy to help them. It's a great way to get started. So let's discuss the pitfalls of modern dating. That's the topic of today. What are some of the pitfalls that you've seen? I was classing them into like several areas. Like my book goes into five different parts, but there's three really significant parts of dating. And part what the first part is knowing who you are and having really solid self-confidence. If you get out there and you start dating and you're not you're not sure of who you are or you're still healing from an old relationship or you you're not sure of what exactly you're looking for, what exactly you want, you're not really going to be able to find what it is. And I think a lot of people getting out of either a marriage or another relationship tend to just, people like, just get back out there and just date someone else. And they're not realizing that they haven't like really completed that healing cycle of figuring out who they are now, you know, evolving from the past relationship and identifying what it is that they want and who it is that they want by them side moving forward, which is a huge, a huge step to miss. So that's the first step, I would say. Um, the second one is healing from your past. So knowing that you've had all these relationships, now you don't, now you know what you don't want, healing from them, which is important. But in fact, learning what it is that you learned from that, those relationships to use them to guide you into your next, hopefully forever vibrant, healthy relationship. And the third would be knowing, knowing the field, knowing the this, the, um, the scene, meaning like, it's really important to know how to read and understand people by asking correct questions. And I get into this into in my book, and I use it with my clients is that, you know, there are people who are, are unavailable, and you need to know who's available and who's not available. There are people out there that are not capable, either they're um, people who have disorders, or people who um, have addictions, or people who are not ready for whatever reason or people who've had a lot of traumas. So we need to, at the beginning of dating, we need to really not only have a nice time and meet people, but we really need to ask the right questions to determine who these people are and what, and, and, and what, what they could bring to the table and how healthy are they and how, how evolved are they. And I think people a lot of times get swept up in people's looks and maybe the chemistry that's going on. And they don't realize that that's a very small part of the dating. It's, it's really not the big picture. And so I'm trying to help people ask those right questions and understand what, what they are and why they're so important because that's a pitfall right there. So th those are three pretty big pitfalls. Those are really important. So I think people don't always stop to really see who they are now. And I see this a lot with men who go out and date. I think more women that are certainly my, my main client base is women and they are looking for help. They're reading the self-help books. They're going for therapy. And a lot of men just, they're separated. They get out there and start dating. And that's okay as long as you're learning from it. But a lot of them just keep 
kind of haphazardly dating and it can be it's imp- it's on us as women to to know if that person is viable for you you know we right. can't change the other person i, I used right. to do that you know i was like oh you shouldn't be dating yet you you're really not ready and nobody wants to hear that Right, right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think it's equal. Like, I think I see equal men to women. Mm -hmm. Um, The interesting, um, the interesting thing about my book is it's for men and women. So it's really not for one or the other. And I found that very hard to find when I researched dating books, when I was getting mine out there, I was like, wow, I couldn't believe that there were ones just for men and just for, I'm like, what about the one for everybody? (laughs) So this book is kind of for everybody. And I think that a lot of people make the pitfall of not stopping because I think it's difficult to stop, to, to actually feel the pain and realize what it is that happened and being able to sort it through. I think that's hard for people. And I think that's why they just jump to the next one because it's easier to feel good again than it is to feel that pain and sort that through. You know, that's that uncomfortable evolving feeling, but um, it's important for everyone to do that, even if it's hard. What are some of the good questions to ask to know if somebody is available? Great. That's a great question. <laughs> so one of the ones that has always worked that I've, t- I've used, I've had friends use and my clients use over and over again is the question, are you ready to get married again? If you ask that question, people are going to give you a very pronounced answer. Because if someone's not available, they're going to freak out. <laughs> because they're not ready at all. And they're like, oh, I'm never getting married again. You know, like you could see right away their body tense up. Um, So usually that's a good one because if someone's really evolved and really secure in themselves and really wants a healthy relationship, they might not necessarily want to get married, but they'll be very in tune to that question. They say, they'll, they'll say something like, you know, I might not want to get married right now, but I'm open to having a relationship or getting engaged. I really want someone in my life. So that's a very good question to ask. You'll, you'll know, like right off the cusp with that answer where they're at. Um, Another question is, you know, well, kind of like not even a question, but as you listen to people talk to you, if they if they talk in um, like either like a we or a future with someone, like people are, are not ready, their conversation is going to be more shallow and more tied to themselves. When people are ready to find that person to share with, they're already going to be talking about like, well, when we or I'm looking for that person to have this with, or I want to do this with someone like that. You could tell that there's room when there's people who are not available. There's no room. It's kind of like, they're very singular. They're, they're, they're very kind of protected and like everything is kind of um, shallow. Yeah. I want to talk about that one because I have a client who just was ghosted by a partner of a few months when they had a conflict and he just disappeared He was very future focused. Oh, we'll do this in the summer and we'll do this next year and I'll help you with that. And so some people will be future focused and actually not really be ready to commit to a healthy relationship. So I was wondering if you could speak to that. Yes. Okay. So that goes into a a whole nother little realm there. So (laughs) that that rings a bell for a personality disorder. Um, So yes, 
in the words. And so when I say dating, my, my duration of dating is a year. So I classify my book as a, as a year. Like I feel like when you're dating, there are certain steps at certain times, but you usually date someone at a, to like a year and then a year marker where you decide if you're going to be together forever or not. Like, but there's things that go on. So I usually say it's in the first year. Now, if you're on first, second or third date with someone and they're like, we're going to go away and I'm going to fly you to Paris and here's, yeah, that's, that's not real. You know what I mean? That's, that's a little that's not, you know, th that's not what we're looking for. That reminds me of kind of like a, almost a narcissistic personality disorder. Um, somebody who's love bombing you and kind of sucking you into a fantasy. You know, real people have a life. Real people don't want to rush things. People who have a good, healthy sense of who they are want to take their time and have weekly dates and things are realistic. Yes, I would like someone in my life. Yes, I would like to see myself traveling with someone. That might be the end of what they're talking about, but they're not flying you to Paris next week <laughs> and buying you a Ferrari. So the fantasy we have to be careful of because there are people who run around and do that. And then when we, we hear those type of fantasy type of words or phrases, it's a really good time to really pull back and ask yourself if that's really a healthy person or not. Um, that gives me a red flag. Yeah. I mean, in this case, it wasn't so love bomby. It was actually a pretty normal transition from first date to, you know, dating more regularly to being exclusive. And it, it, they took their time. It was just that the conflict ended it and he wasn't right. willing to talk okay. it out. So he okay. was conflict averse and Turned her words that around. happens. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Unfortunately, <laughs> sometimes people think that they're where they are and then they realize they're not. And and yeah. we can't, there's no crystal ball. So, I mean, I, I guess the good thing about your client who had this happen to her is that she had that experience. It was good. She put herself out there. She put herself out there for love, which is good for her. Um, and the second thing is now at least she knows that he's not ready and she can now find her healthy partner. So it's kind of like he stepped out of the way and realized he couldn't be that person. So good for him for stepping out of the way. And now she could actually find her person. So yeah, I, to find I agree. The positive, the positives in that. Yeah. I mean, you have to take the time to heal and also learn as you said before, like learn from each relationship that didn't work out. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about that, like healing from the past. What are some ways for people to get started with that healing process? I generally ask people to start from the beginning. I mean, they should really just think about all their long-term relationships. I would say anything over six months is considered pretty long-term. And, um, you know, it's kind of like I, I call people like we're our own superheroes. I mean, we really know what we want because we've had this experience that has made us really good at wanting to know what we, what we really want because we've seen those pieces in everybody. So if you go through like a timeline of your past relationships and you write down the pros and the cons, the cons are the things that you don't want and the pros are the things that you do want so that the red flags are the pro are the cons so like if somebody you were like oh you know I was dated somebody and they were really not supportive every time I needed their support they were never there but you know what they were really really affectionate so I really want somebody who's affectionate but I really don't want someone who's not supportive so when you meet someone and you kind of figure out how they are and see if they're supportive by throwing in things that maybe they could support you with and see how they respond. Um, 
that would be a red flag if they're not supportive because you already you already rode down that road you know you were, you were in that rodeo you didn't like it <laughs> so it's kind of like you have to use all the the cons to as red flags because you know you don't want them and all the things that you liked about all your past relationship as pros for you to look for again you know, obviously in the, in an ideal word, world, you're not going to find them all. And that's where my list comes in, where you really look for the top five. You write down the 10 things that you really, really want from your partner. And then you circle the five and those are your like non, non-negotiables. So it's trying to realize that there are things that we're going to have to bend on, you know, and as we get older, we become more imperfect. So we have to figure out where we can be more adaptable. Those are really important. I think people don't don't see the similarities or the patterns until they start to do that list of who have I dated, what do they have in common, what do I not want to repeat, what do I want to repeat, and there. So I think the the good thing is that you chose these partners for good and bad. You know, some of it was because we have to heal from our childhood relationships. Our our attachment issues, you know, whatever those things are, if we can identify them, then we can start to heal them. Well, definitely identifying them is good. Like you you brought up childhood. Yes, we all have childhood issues. We all have relationship issues. But once you realize what they are, and I call those the triggers, because, you know, that stuff stays in our body forever. I mean, we're never going to really heal, but we can identify them and say, that's mine. <laughs> that's mine. That's my issue. Um, I'm sorry. Or, you know, let your partner though that, that, so they can be more sensitive to you. I mean, the more that you understand yourself and you know what areas create your body to get upset, then you know how to handle it. And you know how your partner, you could tell, you could teach your partner how to handle it. That's why evolving in between is so important because then you're 10 steps ahead on why you do what you do and how you respond and how you act. And there's a chapter in my book that I talk about the triggers and learning what your triggers are and how to be able to take an old trigger behavior and, and put in a new response for that behavior. Yeah, that's such an important thing. Recognizing what you get triggered by. And a lot of people just are outward focused and it's all their fault and I didn't do anything wrong. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. Let's talk about baggage. You know, everybody's got their stories and a lot of times people will share their whole past on a first phone call or first date. And it's like, oh, and let me tell you about my hard childhood and my eating disorder and my, um, you know, the death in the family and my crazy mother. And so, you know, there's a time and a place to share these things. So how would you help people to take their baggage and know what to share and how to share and when to share it? 
Right. Okay. So I'm just going to switch it because I, I, I actually call it luggage because I feel like baggage is dirty and luggage is clean and classy. That's okay. <laughs> so I changed it because I wanted people to kind of think about that because baggage feels so like, oh, we all have this baggage. It's, so anyway, so the luggage, <laughs> our beautiful <laughs> luggage <laughs> that we're carrying with us, which is, which is beautiful because it's, it makes it, it's like, it's like kind of like that grandma's quilt, you know, it's our, it's our past and our past is a beautiful thing. So I want it to be looked as, as that because I want people to use their past in a positive way. So um, how and when, so yes, so I, I tell people um, to be really careful about, about, their, about their past. I don't think really, we don't wanna put old past wounds into new beautiful relationships. So we don't really, we wanna kind of leave out as much as we can. There is information that we want to know, like how long have you been in relationships? How many relationships have you had? Like it's like demographics, like um, maybe how many times have you been divorced? Maybe who ended it, but not why? Um, how long have you been divorced? How long were you married? H how are your family relationships? How many friendships do you have? How long have you had those friendships? So information to show the ability of that person to have long relationships, the ability, like how long do they stay in relationships? I mean, everything is information. So you want to ask information questions that are going to help you identify more about your partner. But I think you want to really leave out, like people shouldn't be talking about their exes on dates. If people are doing that, I call it dating suicide <laughs> because it's like, you don't want to talk about your ex. Why do you want to hear about their ex? And then they don't want to hear about your ex. So usually if people talk about an ex to me, they're not available. It means that they're freshly out of a relationship. They're still, they're still healing and they care enough about them to bring them up at the table or wherever you're at. So that to me is a red flag. And I would kind of back away and say, thank you so much for the state. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to work. But I think that people should slowly, I think that, you know, finding someone that you like, usually the first three dates, you kind of hone in if you really like this person or not. Because the first date, I always say like, everybody's nervous. And it's kind of like, you know, I would say do it again because you just don't know that first date. It could be, who could be nervous? What could be said? Second date, you're more comfortable. Third date, you kind of know if you like or not like this person, unless like something was really bad from the beginning, like a really big red flag or something. But I usually say go to three. And then by three, you know if you really like the person. And then as you keep dating, you want to give like little things about yourself. You know, you want to start putting them out slowly, see what they do with them. You know, kind of like a friendship. I always say like, there's some people who give all their eggs and there's some people who give one egg at a time. I think it's better to give one egg at a time because then if you're giving all your eggs, then if they don't treat you right, then you're really kind of hurt. <laughs> yep. So so it's keeping, you know, it's getting you're getting to know this person just like they're getting to know you. And it's the, the less less is more. Like if you're going to be with this person forever, you have forever to tell them all about your childhood. You have forever to tell them all about your relationship with your mom and all about what's going on for you now. Like you first want to make sure that this person is worthy of your companionship before you start giving them a lot of information because then you're going to feel like that you gave them so much and that if it doesn't work, that you kind of wasted your time and, and you kind of did. What people don't realize is 
when they overshare, first of all, it's exhausting. It's you've, you've shared so much that you can walk around and have one of those like emotional um, hangovers. And, uh, you know, Brene Brown talks a lot about people earning your stories. And I fully agree with that. I think that you share just enough and you get more vulnerable as you become more committed. And so one of the things I have my clients do is to create the levels of story to actually write them out. Because if you want to share, like, why did you get divorced? You know, it's not my wife was a horrible person and she wiped me out and I will right. never trust women again. Right. That's it's, a red flag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to be able to say that in a very short sentence, like we really wanted it to work. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. And now I'm ready to right. find Perfect. love again. That's it. Right, right. The next levels are for when you get to know someone. So how would you have somebody answer a question like, why have you never been married? Just like you said, like at the beginning, you really want to keep it sweet, you know, sweet and simple. Like I just, I guess I haven't met my person. Jumping on what you just said made me think of one of the things that, um, that people, a pitfall actually that people do is a lot of times um, people will ask you, what are you looking for in a relationship? That usually mm -hmm. happens like date one or two, possibly three, but it's very much at the beginning. Um, they'll say, what do you want from a relationship? You have to be really careful on how you answer that question because there's a lot of men and women out there that will pretend to be that person for a while and then they realize they can't hold it up and then they bail, kind of like what happened with your other woman possibly. Um, and so I always tell people never to give that list. You know your list. You know what you're looking for. No one else needs to know that list. You could just say, I'll, I'll know when I find it. And I know what I'm looking for. And, you know, you could say like, so far you seem like a great person and I'm looking forward to getting to know you. So you really want to kind of like shift away from answering that question for those people who are just trying to be the person that you want because they want to be with you, which is yeah. a lie. You know, we want authentic people. We don't want people to pretend. So I just yeah, wanted to throw that out there. Oh, I like that a lot. I think that especially if you're dating somebody who's really mentally unwell, they or a manipulative, a, a manipulative person will take your words and use them against you. Basically, you know, they'll, they'll mirror everything you want, even though they're not that person. Right. And so that's, but, yeah. that's a dangerous thing. Right. But even just people who just want to date you, like if someone genuinely likes you, they'll kind of bend and do that just to kind of be with you. And then mm -hmm. they'll, and I've seen it over and over again with my clients. And then all of a sudden by the three month mark, they just like, they become someone else. And they're like, this is who I really am. And they're like, who is that person? Like, yeah. They're like, well, yeah. that was what you wanted me to be. And I was like, well, we just waited three months on the guy that I thought was great. And now you're giving me this, you know? So it's yeah. like, you know, not fair, not right. So it's why right. it's just better not to answer that question. Just keep uh, that one yeah. in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I think, you know, what, what I'm hearing is also the importance of authenticity. I think on both sides that we, we often do people pleasing to try and be liked. And it, it presents a false image of who we are. And that's never good. It's never good for either side. And so be okay share, sharing your quirks and stuff. I mean, I have a client who went on a date recently with a guy she met online and he was like a hundred pounds heavier and had a huge white beard. He didn't look anything like his photos. 
And she was really pissed, but she sat through dinner with this guy who she didn't really want to be with. And so presenting yourself in a false way in any way, whether it's your photos, your profile, who you are, how you show up on dates, bad, bad right. thing to do. Right, right. Well, people are kind of coming around to that now as far as like, because we all have these video cameras, the phone. So like a lot of times people are doing a quick video call before the meet and greet, which I think is good because, you know, no one wants to waste anybody's time. I think it's respectful to be able to say, hey, on a video call or send me a picture of you right now. Or so I think more people should utilize the technology that we have in order to save that time that in that hour that she was out with this gentleman, she could have been doing something for herself instead of, you know, being lied to. So yeah. And she was afraid of being rude to him. I said, he was rude to you. He was, he betrayed right, you completely. Right. Like, completely. Like there was like, <laughs> yeah, people think that like, then you'll change your mind once you get to know them, but yeah. it doesn't work that way. It just no, doesn't. Yeah. It does not. So let's, let's just uh, talk for a minute about mindset and dating, because what I see a lot is people are fed up with dating. They are, they, they really feel like it's just not even worth it. I'd rather be single than keep doing what I'm doing. And I would love to know if you have any tips for getting into a healthy mindset about dating. First off is that it's kind of like all therapy, you know, we're constantly changing mindsets. So I actually did put that into my whole book. So my whole book, the whole duration, I'm actually changing your mindset as we go. Cause there's so many, there's so many areas to change. I feel like as we get older, we get a little bit more rigid and I guess people become a little bit more um, less adjustable. So I actually have a chapter called be more adjustable, like a New York city pretzel. <laughs> like we, we actually like having date dating is a mindset in its own about getting out there and meeting new people, which means meeting new, learning new things, doing new activities, going to new restaurants, going, you know, so someone might say, let's go here. It might be a half an hour away, but that's something new and adventurous. I think we need to open up our minds to when we're dating for like adventure and fun rather than become rigid. Like that's not near me or that's too far away or I don't know if I'm going to like that like when we were 20 we did all that stuff without even thinking and and as we get older we get we get more um, rigid about it and I think that we need to really open up our minds so when we're ready to date we have to you know we want to have new people we want to introduce them to things we like but we want them to introduce things that they like so that we can learn who they are and what they like anxiety and and excitement are the same feeling. So a lot of times when I tell people when they're on the phone and they're being asked to do something that might be uncomfortable, instead of feeling anxious about it, remind yourself that it's exciting. You like this person, they want you to go, you know, paddle boarding, you might not have ever done it, but that's fun, that's exciting. Like bring out the, the child in you. <laughs> And, and go and have a good time. So it's just really, you know, opening up your mind. And if you feel like you've gone on a couple dates and you feel like you're not going to meet that person or you're starting to have a lull, I always tell people, take a dating break. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, I'm going to get myself off all the sites. I'm going to tell everyone I'm taking a break and just do you again for a little while. Get your energy back up, get yourself back in a good space and then go back out there and do it again. But once again, have that open mind, be open, but know how open you want to be, you know, having healthy boundaries. So how far is someone that you want to date or don't want to date and be realistic of what that is. So obviously if they're saying drive two hours, no, but like drive half an hour sure you know so have a good good idea of what you will say yes to and what you will say no to you no to in your 
like in your, in yourself and your mind and what you feel is appropriate. Boundaries are really important and establishing them beforehand. And this came up a lot during COVID when everybody had different requirements or, you know, the whole political world that we were living in and how do you want to talk about politics? Politics, Do you not want to talk about it at all? Those are all things that we have to decide beforehand. And if we can do that, we have more control over the whole experience. We don't feel like we're being sucked into experiences where we feel uncomfortable or out of alignment with who we are. So I, I, I love this. And I think that taking a break when you're burnt out is, is also really, really important because otherwise you're dating with a, a terrible attitude and people can feel it. I mean, I think yeah. people think, oh, nobody, he didn't know that I was you know, pissed off while I was on a date or, right, right. you know, she had no idea that I found her really unattractive from the minute I met her and I tolerated a two hour date with her. Right, right, right. It's, it's, it's like dating burnout. I mean, like anything else, like you have to give yourself that time. And it's funny because I, I actually found a, a long, long time ago, I used to do this dating seminar and I was actually trying to find the stats on it again because I, I, I wanted to use it, but I couldn't find it. But I read somewhere like um, years ago, and I think it was the Huffington Post, but it takes guys know in seven minutes if he, if they like a woman and women know in 22 minutes. So usually like on dates, like if you meet someone on um, internet dating and then you do your meet and greet where you're meet for a cup of coffee or an ice cream or a cup of tea to see if you like each other because you haven't ever met face to face. I always say, keep it to 30 minutes. Like literally like set your timer on your phone or have somebody call you in 30 minutes and then that's it. That's all you have. Because in that 30 minutes, you'll know what you need to know. They'll, they'll know what they need to know. And then you go from there and then you would follow up with a real, like a real date. Um, if you guys like each other and found the commonality, but it takes us 22 minutes. So that's why I say go, go at least 30 so that, um, that you know, if you really like that person or not. And if you don't, then don't waste your time because time was one of our most valuable things in our life. So, and I would talk about that a lot, a lot, like whatever you do, don't waste your time. You can't get that back. I agree. It's the precious commodity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as our final question, and this is something I ask everyone, what are your final words of advice for anyone who wants to go on their last first date? My final advice is, Please find yourself and what you want before you start dating. Please be very patient. Dating is a art of patience. You can't rush through it. You have to take your time. Um, if you need a break, take a break. And remember to all the things that we talked about today for you to work on yourself. Make sure that the partner you're talking to has done the same things. And there's a couple of things in my book that could guide you through both of those if you're ever interested. But that's my advice. I wish you all the best of luck. Great. Elise, I know you have a free gift for our audience for the first 15. And tell us what that is. So um, as I brought up to you in this podcast that um, lists are very important. You can't go shopping without a shopping list. The same terminologies. You can't go out there and find a good partner without knowing what you're looking for. So um, in my book, I mentioned that I want you to put down 10 
10 things that you must have from a partner that you feel, you know, could come from your pro con list that we just talked about as well. And then I want you to circle five um, in the in the free gift, I'm going to have a poster with a dry erase pen where you could fill that out. And as time goes on, that list might morph so that you could change it. It's a changeable list as you grow and as you evolve so that you could kind of use that as your guide when you start dating. So to get that list, go to your website, Stow Just go your to my website, right. When dating. right. Stow your luggage when dating. Um, and you want to click on get in touch. And when you click on that click, it will take you to my, my, uh, my email and you just put your first name, last name, your email and put your address. And then once I get that, I will send you out your gift. Great. Um, so the email and the actual address, the physical yeah, address. Actual, yeah. This way I can mail them the gift. Got it. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming on the show and sharing such important information. This is really been a pleasure and uh, good luck with, with your book and, and your therapy practice and all the good that you're doing in the world. Great. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And thanks everybody for listening. As always, if you love our show, please share it with others, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.